students of BIS, our beloved faculty and staff, and all our listeners to the Grade 8 Science Podcast of 2021. Today, we come together for the love of science to spread awareness that we all are, and can be, young scientists. Our special speaker of the day is a young research scientist who specializes in neuroscience. He is an enthusiastic mind with the hopes to empower other early career researchers to participate more visibly in all aspects of the scientific community. He is here today to help our students at BIS find their calling or passion in science. Presenting to you, Mr. Alok Varma. Hi, um, my name is Alok Varma and I am a PhD student at the National Center of Biological Sciences in Bangalore. Um, I work in the lab of Dr. Vatsala Thirumalai and we use uh, zebrafish, which is um, as a model organism to try and understand how the cerebellum, which is a part of your brain, it, it helps coordinate movement. But first, we the students of grade 8 have a little conversation with a valuable moral. So please sit back and enjoy. Hey Ria, why do you look so sad? I didn't really do well in my science exam. I don't even know if I have what it takes to become a scientist in the future if I can't even get good grades on my paper. Don't you worry about that, Ria. We can't always get perfect grades. Everyone's had their ups and downs. However, it doesn't define what you're capable of and our future. Yeah, I agree with Bevan. If you want to become a scientist when you grow up, you should learn from your mistakes and work harder to achieve your goals next time. And you know, in a way, we all are scientists. That is true, Nanaka. Everyone uses science in their daily lives without even realizing it. We incorporate it in almost everything we do. For example, I love baking and cooking, and that involves chemistry, biology, and technology. Yeah, Omkar, and I love learning about cars. Driving a car incorporates physics and technology. We use cars, bikes, and motorcycles to go from one place to another. These are all amazing inventions of science. I really enjoy gardening and believe in saving the environment. That is why I cycle a lot and I help my mom and dad maintain the ecosystem in a park nearby. This involves ecology and botany. Wow, you guys. I never realized how you can see the use of science in each and every aspect of our lives. Every one of us here is capable of becoming young scientists. Next time, I'll work harder to improve my grades and be grateful for having science impact me in such a wonderful way. And so, the moral of the story is, science has vast use in all fields of human life. It is of great importance to make our life easier. It gives answers to our curiosity and wings to our imagination by its facts and theories. We hope you liked our message teaching us about the use of science in our daily lives and how all of us can be scientists if we put our minds to it. Our speaker, Mr. Alok Varma, is a PhD student at the National Center for Biological Sciences and a member of the eLife's Early Career Advisory Group. Mr. Alo contributed to a meta-research project assessing the reporting quality and accessibility of images in published research articles. He also worked on innovations to improve readability of scientific literature. He will be talking about the scientific mindset and how everyone can, or perhaps already is, a scientist. He strongly believes that science is not just a profession where one goes to an office for a fixed duration. 
It is a way of thinking, a lifestyle. We don't leave it in the lab, we bring it back home and to our own lives. His notion is that everyone has the ability to learn new things, be creative and experiment. And he hopes to, com to communicate and convince you of the same. Welcome, Mr. Alok Varma. Hi, thanks for having me here. What was it that nudged you towards science at a young age? <clears throat> yeah, I think that's a difficult question because I was mostly inquisitive throughout my life. Like right from a very young age, I think there's been this wonder about uh, about life and, and nature. And I, I lived in a city, so there weren't that many plants. But I think in general, how things work, uh, you know, and I really enjoyed science um, from a very young age. Um, also, my parents, my, my mom is a teacher and my dad is a doctor. So both of them would try and I have an elder sister. So we would at the end of the day, have some or the other discussion about about medicine or about science or about how something works. Um, and it's been a part of my life since a very, very young age. So I think that's why, um, you know, uh, I I like science and that's how it's, that's where it started. And then progressively it became about, uh, you know, performing experiments and, you know, learning from experience. Um, and yeah, I think that's, that's how it all began. It's been it's been there with me since a very very young age, and I don't think it'll ever leave, or I hope it never leaves. <laughs> how did you know that neuroscience and research was your calling? Um, I I didn't really know that neuroscience was my calling. To be honest, um, I I think um, I knew that I liked science, and I I progressively I mean I used to get decent grades and I used to do well um, and I besides just the doing well in school aspect of it um, I used to like how my dad used to try and teach us about you know different like parts of the body or he would try and give us anatomy lessons and stuff because I had an elder sister so she had to learn some of this in school and I would just be sitting and listening and I kind of knew that I liked learning about biology and even, you know, all the, all the other sciences and math. Um, so I just knew that I would like to continue doing it. And I think in India, people tend to think that you can only do engineering or medicine, which I think is changing now. But it's... Uh, and I knew that I didn't want to do either of them. I mean, having seen my dad work with patients, I knew that I can't. I, that's not what I can do. Um, and I also wasn't much good at building things. I liked learning how they work or what, like, what are the principles behind it. But I was not very good at actually building things or doing engineering things. So I knew that I would not not be suitable for either of these. And but still, I knew that I liked asking questions, and I still like asking questions and trying to find answers to them and reading up about what's the latest science going on. What is it that you know, people are doing uh, at the cutting edge of research. Uh, and I, I think that's what drove me to do research. And that's why I realized that I would like to continue doing research. But neuroscience specifically, I, I don't think I knew until a much, much later age uh, because, you know, it's kind of specialized. And I don't think one specializes very early. You just, you just read everything or you like everything about science or science yeah. fiction. And... That's what made me take up science. 
uh, and research as uh, a viable career option. Um, but yeah, I didn't think it was a calling. And I don't know, to be honest, if it's still a calling. I think it's, it's something that I really enjoy doing. And um, I have for quite a long time. So, uh, but it was not like this one day I woke up and I had this aha moment that I'm going to be a researcher. No, it was not like that. It was something that came progressively just out of interest and out of rather ruling out medicine and engineering from the list because I never wanted to be either of these things. Yeah. So. Thank you. Yeah. How does one identify their love for science and love it enough to make it a career? Well, again, I think that if you really enjoy it, you will try to find out more about it in your free time or, you know, nowadays technology is at your disposal all the time. So you would most likely Google things or try to keep up with, you know, what are scientists doing? What, is, what are the latest developments in, um, in like ecology or sustainability? Because that's climate change is a major topic that's coming up in current events. Uh, it's a problem or challenge that we will all have to face very soon. So these are the kinds of things that happen in your daily life that you might encounter. And if you like reading up about them, if you like thinking about them, if you like listening to people talk about them, you watch TED Talks. If this is what you find yourself doing in your free time, then you know that you like science. But um, and if you feel like in your free time you do not want, you do not enjoy these things, then then science is not or research is not for you is is that's how you know like what is it that you do in your free time is is a good answer to what you would like to do because everyone of course has to do science assignments for school yeah. but that's that's like an obligation that might seem like if that seems like that's just something that you have to do because you don't even though you don't enjoy it then you know that that's not for you so you should really um, think about whether you like it whether you enjoy it um, and, and don't worry so much about exactly what career you will do, but, but rather whether you enjoy it. Yeah. And if, if, you, if you like it and if you, enjoy the, if you enjoy the process, you will find something to do in science. And uh, I think that's, once again, will come in time. So, so you don't, have, don't feel pressurized to make a decision right now. And, you know, you can... Take some time, think about whether you like it, think about what drives you. And even within science, there are so many options, you know, like some of you like physics, some of you like biology, all of it is fine. And you don't have to make a decision very early. You should continue to learn it and continue to do things that, that make you happy about yeah. and, and drive you on a daily basis. Yes, thank you. Could you tell us a little bit about your work with the zebrafish model and study on Purkinje neuron physiology? Sure. Yeah. So, so I, I work at the National Center for Biological Sciences in Bangalore, which is very close to GKVK. And I work in the lab of Dr. Vatsalathirumalai. And what we work on uh, is we use zebrafish, which are these tiny, they're, they're, they look like zebras as adults, but they're tiny and we, we, we study them as tiny larvae when they're transparent. So you can actually see their brain and see how it's growing and developing. Um, and we particularly focus on this region called the cerebellum, which literally means tiny brain. And it's, 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 a, it's a part of your brain that's at the back of your head. 
and it controls it helps control movement or coordination of movement among other things so most almost all vertebrates have a cerebellum it's something that fish have mice have giraffes have like every every vertebrate has a cerebellum uh but we don't really understand how it works and the cool thing is that the way your cerebellum is wired up as a human is very similar to the way the cerebellum is wired up as a fish which is why we can use fish to really study uh how it develops what it's doing how does it function um and in particular within the cerebellum there is this region, there are these cell types called purkinje neurons and they are they receive a lot of information from outside the cerebellum and process it somehow before coordinating or communicating with other parts of the brain so they're really central to the function of the cerebellum and that's why we study this particular cell type um and we do a variety of things we try to look at how how it controls behavior how um i mean behavior as in movement not just not 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 in a psychological way but just just how does it control output how does it control movement how does it um how does it talk to other neurons in the in the cerebellum or um you know these are these are and and neurons as you might know are electrically active so they signal via electricity they generate uh they generate these currents and we kind of listen to these currents we can record them it's kind of like listening into conversations between friends and try to understand what is it that's going on um what is it that makes this neuron tick and what is it how do they function so that's the kind of research that we do in you know you know in a hopefully simplified uh manner yeah thank you that was very interesting uh how do you implement science in your daily life yeah so so as i said that um and and, and as you said as well that you know, science is not really something that you just do um and in an office and then when you leave the office it's it's gone it's it's something that is part of your life it's part of how you interact with other human beings and you see how they behave or how um you know what they do that's one one easy way of of looking at of analyzing information that you get um you know so in interpersonal relationships i think science really helps in in figuring out what's going on and to ensure that uh you know you're behaving ethically or you're behaving um in a way that's considerate to others so you this this idea of introspection about thinking about how things how uh, and uh, analyzing what's going on how you reacted how um how you think about different situations um that's one key part i think where science comes back into uh daily life you know but besides that it's also a lot about the way science works is it's not really an individual endeavor we have to interact with other people and get feedback from them try to learn from your mistakes and you know try to correct for them try to try to be open to the idea that you could be wrong um and and correct for it this is that's another easy way in which science comes back into my daily life um but besides that it's it's always about learning new things and having that wonder about any any new thing new idea or experience and you know teaching myself how to do things for example during the pandemic because of nothing because i had nothing else to do at one point uh i wanted to learn how how a sewing machine works and and i just went about looking up videos about it trying to figure out what's going on and 
you know, try different experiments, tinker with it. And and yeah. now I know how to use a sewing machine and can <laughs> stitch. So, you know, it's it's always about the idea of learning new things, which have nothing to do really with my, you know, a sewing machine has nothing to do with a zebrafish brain on a daily, like on a daily basis. Yes. But it's, it's still something that's part of your life. And it's still something that is a skill that you can learn. And now you can, you know, I can help out at home for if something gets torn I don't have to worry about it I know I can do something to fix it yeah. and myself without really getting panicky and I think that idea of being willing to learn new things and being able to try and tinker and not you know uh, not be afraid of making mistakes and figuring out how something works is now something that's part of my life and I think that's what I mean by uh, science is not really something that I just do in a lab for a short period of time and then abandon it and come back <laughs> to a life without science. So even the smallest of things can be, you know, scientific uh, yeah. with that with a, with a method or the method of science can still be applied to anything in your daily life. Um, another question. Sure. What mindset do you need to learn new things in general and science? <clears throat> yeah, so I think um, in general, um, the way psychologists also think about um, classifying mindsets is mainly via two types of mindsets. They, they talk about a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. So fixed mindset is where you are, you know, you have certain ideas about how things work and how the world works or how uh, people should behave or how, you know, and, that, and that's it. And that's, you're not going to change. You're not open to the idea of changing it. And that, and people also think that if you have the fixed mindset, people think that if you have an ability, it's, it's intrinsic, it's just there and it's not going to change. And that is not really true. The alternative is the growth mindset where you think that any skill that you want to develop can be cultivated just by putting in effort and just by being sincere and working and improving and that there's a process of improvement. You can always be better than you were before. And that, that mindset is about growth. It's about not about being fixed with it's not that only certain people can do science, for example, just because they're intrinsically good at it. That is not true. Um, that's a, whereas, a, whereas a growth mindset means that you would be open to new experiences and trying and expand your horizons a bit and, you know, keep trying harder and harder to be able to learn whatever you want. And I think that mindset is something that is very important to cultivate as early as possible uh, and it is absolutely necessary for science and it is also very good and important to have in your daily life even if you decide to not be a scientist yeah. so even if you decide to be a dancer say you know yeah. every day is new every day you will try and do a different exercise, you will do a different repetition, you will become better, you will learn how to emote better, you might learn how to, uh, you know, you might learn how to do complicated lifts better for all you know, you know, and every day is going to be new, and you learn something new, and you will become better. And that mindset is important for you to become, you know, to be to be a scientist, or just a generally well rounded 
individual. Thank you. I'm sure all of our listeners would now be able to think about how they implement science in their daily lives and how whether they have a growth mindset so that they can be open to learning new things. Yeah. Um, what event in your life made you believe everyone's already a scientist? Um, so I don't think there was a singular event. I just... I just noticed certain patterns about, you know, uh, I remember my, my, my mom would, uh, would try to teach me how to cook. And she herself would put in a lot of effort into cooking, trying new recipes. And, uh, you know, and if it doesn't work out, she would just try it again some other time and learn from it and fix it the next time. And this is, so it's not a singular event that, you know, where she just did something amazing. But I just noticed that she would try to analyze what she's made, how she's made it, what could she have done differently, and, you know, what if you added this spice to this recipe? And that idea, that creativity, that process of creatively trying to do new things, adapting and, uh, you know, changing recipes and improving them was something that started at home. And I, I just realized that, you know, even though at the time she was not a professional scientist, she still is not a professional scientist. She was capable of doing something or following the scientific method. And and that was that was a realization that came sometime in my teenage years. And that's what made me realize that, you know, you don't have to be a professional scientist to do science or to, to have that mindset of science. And I think similarly, like people, uh, people of, you know, no matter what their interest is, whether it is movies, sport, whether it is cooking, whatever it be, people try to learn new things about it or keep themselves updated about it, try to look for reviews. Nowadays, they watch YouTube videos. There's always a scope of improvement and trying to learn new things. So even if they're not interested in pure science, the way they approach their interests still follows a scientific method, in my opinion. And that's what made me realize that, you know what, anyone, regardless of their interests or profession, can be a scientist. Wonderful, thank you. Can you give us some tips and tricks on how to bring science into our homes? The easiest way of bringing science into your home is use your home laboratory that is your kitchen. So <laughs> you can easily try, there are, there, there are lots of raw ingredients, um, so you can easily do chemistry. But not just that, if you're interested in physics, there are all kinds of interesting instruments in the kitchen, a pressure cooker, for yeah. example. And you can learn principles of how pressure cookers work, you know, vapor pressure and, you know, um, boiling points and melting points of things and, you know, what oil to use when uh, and what are the smoke points of oil. So all of these are more very physics -y things to do. So you can do physics, you can do chemistry. Of course, you might need to know about plants and animals so that you know what to cook and things like that. So there's biology, uh, you know, and if you're baking, you'll need to know how you be need to be very precise about weights and measurements. There you go, you have some mathematics. So no matter what field of bio of science you're interested in, you have your home kitchen to be able to explore it. And I think that's the easiest way to bring uh, science into your homes and learn a valuable life skill that you can take throughout your life so that you'll never go hungry. So yeah. it's a win-win in my opinion. Thank you so much. Science is 
taught us humans a lot about our universe, how things work, and more. What has science personally taught you? Yeah, so um, I think there are many different things that science has, has taught me. One, one important one being resilience, uh, uh, you know, how to, to keep at it, don't, don't give up, like just, you know, keep at doing whatever project you're doing. Um, and even in the face of failure, and personally, in my PhD, I've had to do many different projects, some of which have not really worked out because of either reaching a dead end or not having an experiment that we could do afterwards. So, you know, when you, when you, when you, when you have a project that fails, um, despite your hardest efforts, to just bounce back and just continue to do your job and continue to, you know, not give up completely and stop doing what you like and that resilience of keeping on doing what you like doing has been a, has been something that I learned from uh, doing science because you know many experiments that you do give you unexpected results and you sh should not be disappointed by them you, sh you should kind of try and you know keep going and keep thinking of new things that could explain your results and you know that that's kind of becomes part of you it becomes second nature uh, when you're in 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 this field and uh, so i think resilience has been one of the most important things i have learned from the scientific process uh, another thing is generally uh, important in today's society that i have learned from being a scientist is counteracting misinformation i think we live right now in a society where there are very that there's very, very easy access to information uh, and then there are people who forward you things on WhatsApp and they spread information which is wrong and either it can be intentional or it can be by accident but being able to filter out misinformation has been a very useful skill that I have learned as a scientist and I think it's something that everyone who lives in today's society needs to learn how to do because there is so much information and misinformation around right. in today's, in the modern society. Yeah. So I think these are two things which I have learned as a scientist. Those were two very valuable points. Thank you. I hope you can all introspect upon that. How does one find their passion in the vast field of science? Um, I think I, that comes back to an earlier point that I made, which was about what you enjoy you know and everyone is somewhat different and what really interests them is going to be different so there's no real right way of doing things or there's no real right subject or or the, the correct or the perfect thing to do because there are always different opportunities so within science if you want to find something that drives you it's something that you should really care about and that you enjoy so if it's tinkering with cars as you said that's something that you enjoy look learning about you know or if you find yourself watching tv shows like top gear or something like that which is about vehicles and it's about you know if you find that that's what your passion is go for it and don't listen to and don't listen to people who say that this is not uh, you know what will you do how will you make money out of this and these are not those are not the right questions to find your passion the the only thing you should care about is do you enjoy doing it and would you would you see yourself doing it uh, in the future? Uh, 
you know, uh, or is it just a transient? Is it just a transient interest? Because I don't see myself becoming a tailor, for instance, even though I learned about the sewing machine or I find it an interesting tool, you know. So you need to probably ask yourself, do you enjoy doing it? And do you see yourself doing it long term? And that is what will help you find your passion. Thank you very much. Just as it is a mission to help young minds and give them advice regarding what they want to pursue in the science field, what is the best piece of advice that you have ever received? So, um, I think the best piece of advice I received was from a friend and, and senior colleague of mine um, who told me to not worry about or think about who is giving me feedback. It can be the person I don't like. It can be a person who I don't respect. But if they're giving me critical feedback that can help me, that can, um, that can, that's useful to me, I should just take the feedback and ignore who said it. And I think that has been one of the most valuable pieces of advice I have gotten because in this world, it's impossible to like everyone. And you will come across people who you do not like or who don't like you. And it doesn't matter when it comes to things that you need to do to get your job done. If you are asking for feedback and if they're giving you some feedback, listen to the feedback and weigh it independent of who said it. And I think that's been a very valuable piece of advice for me. Thank you. And finally, what is some advice that you would like to give to the students here at BIS? So uh, I think the most important thing that most school students or college students should learn to cultivate is uh, is be open. Don't be rigid. Don't and, and I know that most advice can sound uh, very preachy, and I don't want to be preachy, but I think that this advice is is useful no matter what age or what stage you are in. Don't be rigid. Like there are always going to be new opportunities that come your way. There might be things that you thought you would never be interested in but you suddenly find yourself interested in. And uh, I think that having a rigid uh, rigid mindset or a fixed mindset that we were talking about um, is not helpful. So you should try to be flexible, try to be open to new opportunities, try to, you know, just be open to trying new things. And that's, that's, that's going to take you a long way. And lastly, don't ever drop math if you want to do science. Yeah. So those are my two pieces of advice <laughs> for school students at BIS. Thank you. I'm sure Thanks. our students can reflect upon that and yeah. find their passion in science. Yeah. We have now come to the end of the podcast and would like to express our gratitude to everyone who can make this happen. We would like to thank our beloved head of school, Ms. Rupa Sen, the head of academics, Dr. Azra, the middle school coordinator, Ms. Anjali, um, the podcast team, Ms. Balika, um, Ms. Akancha, Ms. Vijita, Sir Abhishek, and the IT department. We also, thank, we also want to thank our listeners for tuning into the podcast, which means a lot to us. We especially give our thanks to our speaker, Mr. Alok Verma, for his valuable time spent on our school podcast and enlightening us with his wise words about the scientific mindset and how everyone is already a scientist. Thank you for inspiring, guiding, and helping our students to believe that science is a way of thinking and that we should bring science into our daily lives.
Thank you, and I hope you enjoyed.